If you live in Oregon, you need to start homeschooling now. With the new No Essential Skills graduation requirement, homeschooling is more important than ever. Welcome to Epic Mom Life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by The Possum's Tale, a unique book adventure for your 6 to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. If you live in Oregon, you need to start homeschooling now. This is a subject that is going on and I am really hot under the collar about it. A child no longer has to demonstrate proficiency in reading, writing, or math to graduate in Oregon schools. With the new No Essential Skills graduation requirement, homeschooling is more important than ever. I'm going to give you a little history on me so that you can kind of understand what this means to me and why this is so shocking to me. Oregon is known for being on the edge of educationary legislation, but it's always seemed to me that it's been more towards the rigorous. It's uh, like if, if, you, if you follow rumor or talk, the East Coast seems to really value education and the West Coast seems to marginalize it. Oregon did not seem to me to be that way. It seemed to pay its teachers better. And remember, I was there quite a while ago. But also, when I was there, and I want to say that was like in 1993, there was legislation called the Sim and the Cam, Certificate of Initial Mastery, Certificate of Advanced Mastery. And in order for me to get my master's, I had to do a paper, and this is the thing that I really researched and knew in and out. This was my topic that I wanted to do, because this is something that was really, really contentious in the public, and it was something that a lot of people wanted to pass, but people didn't understand a lot about it. So I delved deeply into it. In eighth grade, students would choose, are they going to do the SIM or the CAM? The SIM, the Certificate of Initial Mastery, would be all of your classes, like your math classes, your English classes, your science classes, all of that. However, you would be learning the material in an applicable world. So it would be all real world experiences where you're learning these things. The reason it was developed was because we were trying to get higher retention rates in Oregon and we saw kiddos that were not graduating and felt that a lot of times it was because they just didn't feel that school was meeting their needs. The SIM addressed that because the math would be applicable to the real world. How do you use this math out in the world? And the science, same way. All of these things. The CAM Advanced Mastery would be where your AP classes were. These are going to be your real book, studious kiddos that are most likely going on to a college career. So parents got mad. They were like, well, my kids might be in the sim, but they might want to end up going to college. You absolutely could still have gone to college. Yes, for the sim kids, they I don't think they had to take the foreign language requirement anymore. So there was a two-year foreign language requirement to get into colleges. They got rid of that for your sim kids to graduate from high school. So yes, you would still have to have made that up to go into a college if that's your college requirement. But remember, it was to address the needs of two different, completely different populations because we felt there were two completely different populations, which we're now learning and admitting, we weren't admitting it then, that that is a thing. Well, 
The people in Arizona voted it down. They said, no, everybody should get to go to college and you can't do that. So there was a lot of misconceptions, so it got voted down. So now Oregon has introduced another groundbreaking revolutionary piece of legislature and this time they passed it and this is the no essential skills required graduate for graduation this one unlike the sim and the cam which the sim and the cam would have raised educational standards and academic proficiency this one significantly lowers student standards academic standards and I don't think it's the kids that are just losing. I think it's our society that is losing in this policy. So exactly what policy has been passed in Oregon? COVID, okay, I know everybody's so sick of hearing COVID, but this is what's interesting about COVID. Our teachers didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what to do. It hit everybody across the board and we all scrambled. So we're gonna give the schools a total pass on the fact that they tried. Yes, they could have done better that summer that they had off and they got a whole bunch of funding. I think they could have come back better in that first fall, but that's not what this is about. What this is about is when they got hit, nobody knew what to do. So we, a lot of the schools did online. They did all kinds of things. In the end, your kid lost out. If your kid was in public school, they lost out and they're behind. But can we really say that they're behind if COVID was a global experience? So if your child is in third grade here or the third grade equivalent in Japan or the third grade equivalent in Italy, wherever they're at, it was the same COVID. It was the same quarantine. So all of those third graders are behind a year. So are they really behind? So it's like that whole tree falls in the forest thing. Did it really make a noise? It doesn't really matter that they're behind if they're globally behind, we just have to pick up where they're at and move forward, is my opinion. I'm sure you could have figured out if you didn't recognize this, because some of us just I don't think about it. But you had a whole bunch of senior, juniors and seniors in like 2020, 2021, those years. Well, they lost out on their junior and senior years. That's when they got behind. And that is a little bit more serious. So Oregon, like many states, this is not a bad thing about Oregon, many, many states did this. They just put a pause on all graduation requirements. So every single child who went through the graduation line basically got a degree because they couldn't say to this child who, or this student who's a senior, sorry, you can't pass your test, you don't graduate because all of those kiddos were a year behind, so of course all of them would have had difficulties. Well, October 2023, the State Board of Education for Oregon had to get together and they had to look at that everybody passes law that they had because that was only supposed to be in effect from 2020 to 2022. And they put their heads together and they unanimously decided, you know what? I don't think it's a good idea to make our students show that they know how to have a certain level of proficiency in reading, writing, or math. So they don't have to show that they know how to do those things at any kind of level in order to graduate. And they all thought that this was a great idea. So how did students show mastery before? That's a great question because that in and of itself caused a lot 
of controversy. It was through the standardized tests. You've heard that teachers teach to the test because a lot of your, your raises, a lot of your teacher pay, a lot of your bonuses would be linked to which teachers had good test scores because then the schools look good. So yes, this was never a perfect system. And then you had people, marginalized groups, who would say, well, the standardized tests are skewed towards a specific population, therefore we don't do better. So the whole way it was set up has been debated for years. But that is the typical way of determining what the proficiency is for reading, writing, and math, because you would take these standardized tests. Oregon, like many other states, and this is probably why you hear me talk so much about this, I was educated in Oregon. I loved this method. They would use portfolio assessment as well. Portfolio assessment is wonderful. You keep a portfolio of the student's work, and when they demonstrate, for example, because I love writing, when they demonstrate that they know how to write a persuasive piece, for example, that persuasive piece goes in their portfolio, and they have shown proficiency at that. They can turn their portfolio over, and they have now demonstrated skills, and they would get their graduation. So there are very good ways to show proficiency. Why, if we have different ways of assessing essential skills, was this removed as a requirement? Okay, this is what blows my freaking mind. There are seven voting members on the Oregon State Board of Education. And remember, it was unanimous. All of them thought this was a brilliant idea. I suspect our lawmakers in Oregon were watching our lawmakers in California. And why they thought that was a good idea, I have no idea. But in July, I believe, of 2023, this last summer, the California lawmakers passed what they called the math project. And the math project got rid of any essential skill requirement for graduation in math. California only got rid of a math requirement, so you don't have to be able to do any math. So you know all of us who get so frustrated because people can't do anything without a calculator and everything at the cash register. So if you give them like $3, they don't understand, or $3.74 or whatever, you give them an extra penny, they can't give you the quarter back for change and they're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this, and their mind is blown. Yeah, well we just passed laws so that they never have to figure that out. And that's like basic math computation. Why did they do this? And the, the, the thought was that the results are attained and are being used in a way that marginalizes students of color and students with disabilities. And that's what I mean by, that's always been wondered about the standardized tests, but we had other methods. We could use portfolio assessment. So that to me is not a good argument. That's like a bad argument. The math project is said to, and I'm quoting, Align, and this, remember, this is the new method. Align with those who favor a more thoughtful, potentially slower pacing in math instruction as a civil rights issue. In their view, too many Latino and black students and those from low-income families have been left behind as part of a math race in which a small number of students reach calculus. And I've left the link. So what I'm reading into this is that requiring your child to learn and know basic skills when they graduate has now become a racial issue. A, if, this, if this is true, instead of this being a we're not teaching correctly and 
these are important skills and if this entire population isn't learning why are they not learning and if the reason they are not learning is because of the way we are teaching if that is the reason then we need to address what we are doing as teachers instead of doing that we're just gonna get rid of it so now you just don't have to learn it because that'll make society so much better so I wanted to find out what are what exactly are basic skills I wanted to get this exactly correct because I can ad-lib a whole lot and just make up my own stuff. So I found a definition on the Oregon State Education website, and they are still there right now. There's actually nine essential skills that are cross-disciplinary skills that students should be developing from grades K through 12. For students enrolled that are first enrolled in grade 9 in 2010 to 2011 or later, three of these essential skills are graduation requirements. So what this is saying is there are nine essential skills that the State Board of Education in Oregon has deemed really important from grades K through 12. But of those nine, only three are really important if you're only starting in grade nine. Because these are the ones you really need to concentrate on. These three skills are graduation requirements. A read and comprehend a variety of texts b write clearly and accurately c apply mathematics in a variety of settings i have the link in the notes and the link will show the nine essential skills in case you're interested in what these are and when this document was developed in 2010 i suspect the oregon state department of education is going to get this off because it kind of shows pie in the face right they had nine skills and they said, no, these aren't important. The only three that are important are the ones they just deemed not important, which are reading, writing, and applying mathematical skills. Now, I'm beginning to wonder if demonstrate civil and community engagement is going to be the most important, which is one of those skills, K through 12, but they say that if you're only coming in at ninth grade, you got to concentrate on these, which leads to what will students be assessed on to graduate in Oregon? Right? That's a great question. Students will be assessed on a broader set of criteria, such as community service, extracurricular involvement, and personal projects. The intention behind this shift is to ensure that graduation is more equitable and accessible for all students, regardless of their academic abilities. Okay, you get that, right? <laughs> I just laughed because I quoted that. So, you go to school, I believe that if you looked in like Webster's thesaurus or something, school and academics are synonyms, okay? So we are now saying you go to school, but you don't have to do academics. That's not a thing. So, hmm, query, if you are all competing for a prestigious college, isn't it going to be easier to get a really high GPA in projects you are interested in, not assigned? Or if you have a high GPA because you're getting graded in things like extracurricular clubs, hobbies, sports, and community service. Something to think about. And it has been asked, are the students in Oregon getting a free path? So I'm going to argue that the students in Oregon actually, with as much of a nightmare as this is, they are not getting a free pass. Hear me out, because I know it sounds like they are. 
But the kids, the kids who were never studying, never planning on learning the material, who were just basically filling a seat until they just felt like dropping out, yes, they are absolutely getting a free pass. And this is going to absolutely boost Oregon's retention rates. Many, many, many more children are going to graduate, which to me means that it's going to artificially boost Oregon's statistics. So I think as soon as they pass this law, Oregon shouldn't even be able to have statistics because it, it, they don't matter. This is adding a, I forget what those things are called when you do official statistics, but it's adding a, a, a thing in there that doesn't count. It, it skews all of the data. However, for 61.8% of students, according to a source from, or, from 2021, and that is a drop from the previous year, and I'll have a link, who were headed to college. Those kids are losing out considerably. How rigorous is education in Oregon going to be when the folk is no longer on essential skills and is now on soft skills? Now, yes, they're going to be teaching it still. I totally think they will still be teaching these things, but they won't be focusing on those. Like, are they even going to have AP English, AP Math? Are they going to even have calculus? Are they going to have all of these classes that they had when that isn't even a requirement? I want you to remember, I am the social-emotional learning lady. I love the soft skills. I think that there is so much value in that. And that is probably 40% of what I talk about on my all of my materials, my blogs, my podcasts, podcasts, everything. But the problem is you don't do anything in isolation and you don't eliminate the need for core skills and then instead replace it with just soft skills. We're talking all of the time about balance. This is not balance. So now imagine that you are a major university outside of Oregon because the Oregon universities are going to accept any of their Oregon kids, of course. So, oh, let's pretend you want to be a vet. You do know about vet school, right? I mean, it is like one of the hardest schools to get into. Are kiddos from Oregon going to be seen as equal applicants? I see this law not as a free pass, but as a dream killer to the students from Oregon who actually want a career. Because if I were a major university and I were accepting vet applications and all things being equal that I've got a kiddo from here and a kiddo from here and this kiddo graduated from say Idaho and this kid graduated from Oregon I'm taking the Idaho kid because the Oregon kid I don't trust that education system it's not even real in my opinion I don't even know what they're doing over there anymore okay so you're thinking okay well it's not that big of a deal because a lot of our kids aren't going to be vets right okay so fine it doesn't have to be a major university what if your child is excited about being a welder? They need to go to a community, community college to learn a trade in 2015. And that was before any help was made to the Oregon education system. This is before COVID, all of that. An article came out revealing that 75% of all Oregon graduates who went on to community college after high school needed to take remedial classes. The link is in the notes. So now this is an argument. I'm going to talk about pros and cons. And obviously, I am so con this essential skills thing. But one of the 
reasons why some people are for this essential skills getting rid of this requirement is because they have said that the Oregon requirements are so rigorous to graduate. And remember when I was talking about the sim and the cam? Yeah, I thought that Oregon valued education and it was much more, you were at a much higher standard. I know that for me to be a teacher, it was a much higher standard to graduate as a teacher in Oregon than I've seen some of the other teaching programs. So, so a lot of people are saying, look, our kids already weren't graduating in our high schools and they had to go into a remedial program when they went into college. Okay, well, there's a couple arguments here. Well, the, the system in Oregon was a tough system. So were they not teaching effectively? Did they not have a good program set in place for the kids who were falling through the cracks? Because that percentage, that's a pretty big percentage. I'm gonna go back and look at what that percentage is. 75%, 75% of the kids had to go through, that went on to community college, had to go through and take remedial classes. Well, so that means that the kids who would have been on that SIM track, because those were gonna be your SIM kids, their education was not what it should have been. So if I would have been on the Oregon State Department of Education, I would have looked at that and I would have said, well, wait a minute, it looks like we're addressing the needs of our CAM kids, but it's our SIM kids that we needed to address. Instead of throwing out the whole thing, I would have said, look, it's this population, it's this complete population, we need to make this better. Because Oregon was already failing to educate a lot of their students effectively. So again, pros and cons for this argument, I'm human, I'm only seeing one side, I'm trying to point out this other side. So the pros around this are inequality bounds in the traditional education, and they are saying a traditional education is reading, writing, and math. Students should be assessed on a wider range of skills, a wider range of skills, not the traditional ones. And traditional academic measures are limiting and do not prepare students for the real world. We should shift away from academic skills and move towards interpersonal ones. There's a lot of truth embedded in that argument. We do need more interpersonal skills. We do, I mean, we need a lot of things within that. I just don't believe education is known for its pendulum as so much in our society is. So we go from one swing, if, if you knew about uh, whole language, that was one of them, all the way to the other swing, which is phonics. Well, both of them have something to, good to give. Why couldn't we just land it in the middle? Oregon just did this. They totally went from one swing, it seems, and now they're just getting rid of all of it and throwing it all away. My question, and this is where I would start, is what is our end goal? I know it kind of sounds funny to go and start with the end, but I think we need to look at the end. What do we actually want our kids to achieve? when they graduate. Let's start with that. What do I want? I want a society of healthy, happy, contributing citizens who are able to make educated and informed decisions when they vote and are not needing government assistance. So yeah, I want them to work. I kind of think that is something we are supposed to do. I also want them to be able to make their own decisions, to do problem solving, to know how to function in their world. These are things I want them to be able to do. 
So they have to know a lot of those skills. Some of those are soft skills. Some of, that's why I love social emotional learning. Some of those are core skills. So now we're going to go to our employers because I started at the end with our kids. What do we want when they graduate? Let's look at our employers. What are employers going to expect when a child, a student, a young adult comes to them and they say, well, what experience do you have? And they say, well, I don't have experience, but I have a high school diploma. Bam. What will an employer assume they know? They can read an invoice. They can do mathematical equations, basic math. They can write. And now those are not going to be essential skills that are going to be required to graduate. So now that diploma does not mean they need that. Now you can laugh and you can say, well, the diploma really wasn't achieving that anyway. Yeah, but now we're outright stating that you don't have to have any proficiency. Before, they really did have to be literate. Now, you honestly do not have to be literate to graduate. That's terrifying. So Oregon and, and California, only not to the same degree, are trying to create such a state of equality and to me, ease for their students that they're not seeing the big picture. And the big picture is an employer isn't forced to do anything. So great, you're illiterate, you got a high school diploma, yay you. I gave you a try and you can't do squat. So you were hired and now you're fired. So what is your equal and equitable learned child going to do in the real world? In my opinion, they're going to be on the handout because they're not going to be capable of doing anything. I do not understand how this is benefiting them or benefiting society. I'm going to give you an example of what my generation did that was so bad. Have you heard of the everyone gets a ribbon fiasco? My generation did this. So. And we, and we didn't all powwow. We didn't all get together and say, oh my gosh, we need our kids to feel good about themselves. So there can be no losers. Everybody should get a ribbon. So if you're on the baseball team and you're outfield and you pay no attention to the game and you pick daisies out of the field, you get the ribbon for the best daisy picker on the team. Yeah, that was us. Yeah. So while we didn't realize what we were doing, we actually thought that was going to be a good thing. But what ended up happening, and we didn't see this until our kids grew up, is we had kids who had absolutely no idea how to fail. We gave an incredible disservice to our children because by not knowing how to fail, they never had those lessons. One of the lessons in failing is learning how to get back up again. And that is a step in resilience. My mom's generation was never looking for, how do we make our kids confident? How do we make our kids resilient? How do we, yep, that was never a thing. Because we were always failing and brushing ourselves up and doing it and figuring out a different way and we did that. My generation took that away so now we have kids who are not resilient, and it is it was devastating. So you have parents all over the place looking for, how do we raise kids with self-esteem? How do we raise kids with self-confidence? How, how do we raise kids 
that uh, have resilience. So, and I will have links to a lot of those because I've addressed those in many blogs. That is an example of what happens when parents just let things go or they think they're trying so hard to do what's right that they get in their own way. So parents in Oregon, it is time for you to take a stand and take control of your children's education. No essential skills requirement means that children can coast through school without, base, without mastering the basic foundational skills that will equip them for success beyond graduation. Homeschooling may not be as convenient as public or private education, but it does provide an opportunity for greater parental involvement, customized instruction, and a more rigorous education that prioritizes the development of essential skills. Do not wait. Parents in education, you should enroll your children in homeschooling right now. Honestly, there is no time to lose. The movie quote, get ready, your life is about to start. Joe Gardner in Seoul. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.